number one loan giver in all of Pennsylvania. Yeah, we'll we'll continue this conversation off air. Oh, but uh, yeah, man, I just thought it was was pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Good shit. Oh, oh, you know, had an interesting week. We'll get into that, but oh yeah, oh, what yeah. the fuck, dude? I'm like, I can't. You all right, man? Did not... you get you a new chair? He's bouncing around, getting comfy. All right. I need a new chair. I've been using the same like desk chair since my first computer 12, 14 years ago. Oh, yeah. And it's still holding up. It's good. It's just like one rip on it. It's not getting any bigger. But, yeah, yeah. I, you know, maybe it's it's time. Maybe time to let that guy go. Yeah. I, I like it. And it's not bad. It does the job. But I kind of want like a full back chair mm-hmm. that I can kind of recline on. This doesn't I, recline or anything. I feel you. So, yeah. Um, like I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but that chair you're sitting on is like 15 years old, too. Yeah. It's been sitting around forever, 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 ever, ever, ever. You ready, Gabe? Born ready. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 94. 94. Yep. Uh, in a strange turn of events, we are not coming at you on a Sunday afternoon slash evening. We are coming at you on a cold, snowy Thursday night. It looks like Christmas out there. Yeah, I woke up. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I've been uh, slightly in a coma because I'm on vacation right now. Mm-hmm. I told you this off air. I slept 12 hours last night, and it's like the whole world. It was one season when I went to sleep, and it's another season when I woke up because it's straight up yeah. like winter out there. How are you feeling after the, the 12 hours? Well, dude, I felt so good that when Adrian and I got home from work, we I made breakfast, and I took another nap. That's good, man. Yeah, that's where I'm I, at. Uh, I like vacation time because if you really don't got anything going on, it's like your body's catching up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's definitely been nights where I've gotten, like, very minimal sleep. Agreed. Like, oh, here, same here. And I told them at work, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going on vacation. They're like, fuck you, right? Like, as, like, a joke. I'm like, well, to be fair, I'm like, the last vacation I took was when my daughter was born. And that wasn't much of a vacation. That <laughs> so, was a year ago? A year a year ago. A year and some change. And I didn't get very much sleep yeah. in that time frame. So Mandatory vacation. Yeah. But uh, did you wake up? Did you feel like you were, like... 10 again, waking up on a Saturday morning, just kind of waking up by the sunlight and, you know, feeling fully refreshed, ready to go type of shit. Yeah, really, dude. I, was, I'm, I woke up like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much in sleep that I'm, I'm in, but I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> At this point, I'm sure it's a lot. There's a, there's an app I used to use for, for calculus. I think uh, if you have an iPhone, the clock app tracks your sleep too. Yeah. And it'll show you your deficiencies based on what you input and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we used, there was an app that called SleepBot that we used to use that not only did it do that, not only did it track your sleep, but also tracked your, like, it was like a, like a noisemaker, like it had like oceans yep. or stuff like that and fire crackling, which I like and, and stuff like that. But yeah, like you put it by your face and it'll tell like when you're the most awake, when you're sleeping, cause based on your movement and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. But, um, yeah, man, I'm tired. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like you said, maybe I'm just catching up. My sleep is just catching up and all that good stuff. And I don't go, gotta go back until Tuesday. So uh, I'm going to be raring to go and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, how was your weekend, buddy? Or how was your week? My week was kind and a of, uh, it was interesting because the beginning of the week was like celebrating, you know, the 10 years that someday came suddenly, you know, the big 10 yeah. and kind of like being a tag attack where you at. But uh, kind of leading into the first thing we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, was it Monday or Tuesday? We got hit with the news. Yep. Uh, Stanley dead at 95. Yes, sir. Um, there's a lot to say about a man like this, him, Jack Kirby, um, all the greats. Yep. And we've kind of gone to an age where you could be a Marvel fan and you could have never touched a comic book in your life. That's, yeah. you know, very common. Yep. And, um, I don't know, man. Um, what was your favorite kind of thing that came from Stanley? Well, I mean, like 
let me real quick. Let me just kind of share my thoughts on this. And I feel like a lot of creative people out there have existed, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. through the beginning of time, very few people have had the impact on the whole world that this man has had. Because if you think about it, literally inspired millions of people. Yeah. And um, fun fact: uh, Stan Lee lived through World War II. That's yeah. how old this man is. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of creative people wish they would have a quarter. A tenth of the impact that this man has had because he changed the world. Not only that, he got to see it too. Yeah, I think that's like Edgar Allan Poe changed the world, but you know he was long gone before any of it made an impact. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And um, yeah, you got you got to see what he got to do. To you know, he, he created almost I don't want to say single handedly because obviously the superhero thing was very much a thing when he got into it, but he kind of pioneered it and made it what it is today. I think it's fair to say that. He was the large part of what made a superhero a superhero, and he kind of defined that. Um, and man, man, I mean, like you said, you could only get so sad because the man lived a nice long life, and it was, we weren't going to have him forever, right? And uh, these last couple of years for him, man, according to uh, to some articles and reports I read, were pretty shitty. Yeah, because um, his daughter was like trying to con him out of money and stuff, and she was like, oh, blah blah blah. I thought it was a personal assistant that was trying to con him out of money. It was a, apparently a lot of people because yeah. if you're that big. And, you know, I'm sure he was making royalties for every Marvel thing that ever came out. I actually read an article that he actually wasn't making as much money as you think. He was making good money, but he wasn't, you won't think he was balling like the way he probably you thought right. he would think but he was. But still, though, you know, you, you hit the millionaire status and people suddenly from elementary school are like, hey, buddy, you remember me? Yeah. And, um, you know, supposedly his daughter was trying to yank some change out of him, a whole bunch of other people. And, you know, I'm sure he had all sorts of health issues and stuff. So, um I think he, yeah, like you said, man, he lived a long, fulfilling life. And I think the beauty of it all is that just he got to see all his creations flourish and kind of, he, he saw the peak yeah. of all his work. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, some of the raunchier stuff that we got, like Fantastic Four or something like, you know, the Winter Soldier, which is way up there in like the Marvel MCU at least, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah, man. I mean, like, what can you say? Um, very few people have had the impact that he has had, and um, he had the opportunity to see it, as you said. And uh, may he rest in peace, because Lord knows what the what the comic book industry or yeah, what the comic book industry would look like without him. So uh, Lord knows what it's going to turn into without him. Yep, that's true. And uh, it's kind of like when uh, it's a bad comparison, but it's when George Lucas let go of the reins. And uh, well, he was already kind of taking it downhill. Yeah. But Stanley knew what he had. Mm-hmm. He knew his creation, knew its value, but now that he's gone, you know, I don't want to say he had executive decision over everything, but I'm sure he had a lot of input. Yeah. Now that he's gone, we're going to see what happens. Yep. Uh, so may he rest in peace. We appreciate everything you've done on this podcast, and I'm sure we're not the only ones. And uh, we'll see you on the other side, old man. Excelsior. Yep. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Moving on to something a little Less depressing, I think. Yeah, let's talk about game night. So this is the first game night we've had since... My daughter was born. Uh, even then. I think it's been probably like a few months before your daughter was born. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, we had some we had some fun. Yeah, we brought it back, man. I mean, uh, we had a new we had a newcomer. Uh, so my Adriana's friend showed up. Uh, so we couldn't get into the real nitty-gritty because, you know, at this point, everybody within our group, our immediate group, uh, is very much aware of how game night works, and we were able to kind of push the kind of boundaries and what we were able to play. Absolutely. Uh, to the little bit more complicated side of things. Uh, with the newcomer, we weren't allowed to do that. We brought out some of the old favorites, some of the uh, infection vectors, the ones that kind of suck people in. Uh, uh, resistance. Res- was, 
It's probably that and Koo are the easiest in your arsenal to pick up and yep. kind of play. Yep. They're very much, uh, don't worry about the rules. We'll explain them when they come up. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and then we broke into Salem, which I forget how much fucking fun Salem is. Yeah, we, we had some issues kickstarting it. It was like a like an old car that wouldn't start up. We couldn't figure out some of the rules because uh, the rule book's kind of vague, if we're being honest. Well, I think that's why that's what makes it great because it kind of leaves you up leaves it up for interpretation. I'm so sure if we looked up the the tabletop review, I'm sure they would explain the rules a lot better. Yeah. But that being said, your house rules implemented were, you know, they worked. Yeah. Even though they're kind of bullshit. No, they're not. There's bullshit because you had a fucking 50 cards in your hand at one point. Uh, I, hey, man, you got to know <laughs> when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. I mean, you, you kind of. Two kinda, types it, of people at game night, steers and queers, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of inadvertently ended up in your hands. So it wasn't necessarily part of the strategy. Yeah, man, that being said, it was a, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a fun game. Yeah. Uh, now next time we'll see what we what other games we could break out. I want to go to get the Disney Villainous. I think that's going to be a, a big one uh, in the arsenal because that's a game that they're going to be able to expand upon like exponentially. They're going to be able to fucking add and add and add and add, and add. just keep on adding uh, villains and stuff like that and objectives since everybody plays kind of different or well, extremely different in some cases. So uh, I think that's next. I want to get Betrayal Legacy. Uh, I've decided that it's something that I wanted to do. Uh, and it's something that we'll be able to carry over from night to night because it's like literally a never ending story or like a story that has chapters, different time periods and the rules change based on when things happen and when and all that good stuff. Coolio. Um, so that's something I want to add to the arsenal. Um, you know, we haven't broken out Mysterium yet. There's some stuff that we really need to get to. Mysterium, um, from what I've read, it, it, it requires a lot of devotion and understanding. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, I would say that, um, it also, I think it's very important to know how people think. You know what I mean? And if you're introducing new people to the group, kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what they're trying to say. So, um, you know, maybe like I said, maybe with the with the, the group that we have, uh, we'll be able to kind of figure out figure it out. But if you're not super familiar with somebody, you're not going to be able to kind of pinpoint what's going on. Okay. So, um, not the best one to break out. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to get board game up and running again. Uh, obviously, through the holidays, it'd be kind of hard to get to it. Uh, my work schedule gets crazy. Um, uh, does it get crazy with by you guys? What, were you guys working? Um, well, you know what? I was about to say because like it's not peak season without the bitter cold yeah. and the darkness, right? Because uh-huh. that's kind of what made peak for me at least. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of driving here, and you know the snow and the darkness, and it just kind of reminded me. I was like, damn, this is gonna be the first Black Friday that I've had off since I started working. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be the first kind of peak season where I'm not gonna have to like run around like a madman. It's yeah. gonna be weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be weird. Very different. Uh. It wasn't even like a job change, honestly. It was like a lifestyle change for me. Yeah. Because now instead of, you know, bring, bring, it's clickety clack, clickety clack at my own pace. Uh huh. So Interesting. It's going to be weird, man. Yeah, I man. I'm still in the trenches. So, yeah, I'm going to miss it. But I'm excited, bro. Honestly, I, I tell my people this year, I'm like, I'm excited for Peak. I'm like, this is when the shit gets real and this is where men are made. Yeah. You know what I mean, it separates the boys from men. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll see what's coming up because I'm starting to feel it already. With the flow and some of the things that the building has decided to do, uh, I'm starting to feel kind of the pressure. And I'm, that's like I said, that's that's, that's the, good, man. Pressure the, makes diamonds. Yeah, it's the most it's the most fun time of the year because things get crazy and you get like you kind of just look at each other and shrug your shoulders. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I guess we're fucked. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what I'm gonna miss most is uh, working those like 12, 14 hour days. I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but your body kind of gets used to the torture after a bit. So I think like after I get home from work, I don't know, I'll like go home and listen to Nickelback or something for six hours. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's like, yeah, you, you like you said, your body kind of gets used to it, and then you just learn to love it. Yeah, and then you, and then like you said one time, you, you you lose track of the days, and you're like, oh fuck, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I thought it was Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and um, 
Yeah, like remember, I remember like when we would go in on those sun, uh, the Saturday sorts, and it would just be like, "Fuck yeah, let's fucking go!" Like it's Rock like and roll. this ten hour shift that we're about to fucking blow through. Let's just fucking go ape shit. And Slam like three Popeyes biscuits, and <laughs> cough your lungs out. Yeah, man, yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Like those are the golden days, ladies and gentlemen. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got. Those are a little homage to uh, to the last what three four years we've spent in the trenches. Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive right into these topics. Right. Talk to me about this big green thing. All right. So you've probably, well, we, you're a fan of Shrek, right? I'm a fan of the first two Shreks, yeah. Fan of the first two Shreks. Um, apparently. Met, Shrek 5. Well, no. Not Shrek 5. Shrek 1 again. They're going to reboot this motherfucker, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Shrek 1 is... A very good story and it was very well done. Yeah, that yeah. being said, Shrek Two is a perfect sequel to that. Yeah, <laughs> and I th- well, it, it really is. It expands upon the universe. Um, all the characters are great. Everything's constant. I, I don't have any real complaints with Shrek Two, and that's kind of hard for me with movies, you know. And uh, some of these jokes in there are great. Like when they're pepper spraying them, it's like the big <laughs> restaurant churner, yeah, and I, yeah. I I got a good ass kick out of that. <laughs> um, the gingerbread man was you know uh, what was his name Dumbo Gummy. Uh, yeah, uh, that that was uh, that was fucking great. So so like, it was so ridiculous. It worked. Yeah, yeah. but not getting too much into Shrek too. I think those two movies on their own are excellent. But Shrek kind of became what it was making fun of. It was making fun of essentially Disney and their never-ending stories, yeah, and, yeah. and this and that, and countless sequels. But Sh- DreamWorks turned Shrek into what it was making fun. What of. it swore to destroy. What it's yeah, kind of <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they're going to reboot this motherfucker. That's that's the rumor going around right now. And then on top of that, I know we've mentioned this on the podcast before, bringing back other Mike Mike, Mike Myers projects. He want, he's he's down for this Austin Powers 4 or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, I think we, I don't know if we spoke about it on the podcast, but yeah, he's down. And I guess he has a script. He was kind of um, saving it in his back pocket. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. he has something ready to go. Saving it for when he was most relevant. I think <laughs> if they do a complete, like, mockery of skyfall i think it'd be hilarious because skyfall is like oh i'm old Holy and I, I think if i yeah. think this will be great like an older mike myers like oh baby i think uh he got confused because he got like all the mike myers type but it was about the halloween mike myers not him so he thinks that he's like super important right now <laughs> yeah baby yeah it's not him at all but yeah yeah i mean yeah i could see that i could definitely start trying to take a pseudo serious route on it but just being like that's fucking retarded why would you do that i could tell i can already picture all the viagra jokes in, in yeah my head if they're doing like a austin powers is old and mm-hmm. yeah i could see that too old and crusty yeah because like obviously uh austin powers was kind of the parody on the 70s and 80s bonds that was kind of like the whole point well the 60s 70s and 80s bonds but like now you know you, they, you kind of wore that out a little bit you know so now you have to go the super gritty uber violent bond so to speak to kind of Make yeah, fun man. of. We haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. I think it'd be great, and I think I think Daniel Craig would get a good kick out of it because he's done, but he's not. You know, he's the Bond. He he's our generation's Bond. There are defining Bonds for everybody, and this this is ours. There's three for me. Uh, well, obviously Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think everybody has him on the list. Pierce. No, no, no. I don't like Pierce at all as Bond. Oh, I, a, I don't like any of his movies outside of Goldeneye. I don't like any of them. They're all stupid. I mean, they're all kind of dumb. <laughs> all right. Uh, so number two is uh, Timothy Dalton. I think he was only in two. Uh, two Solid of, choice, though. Yeah, but he's a, he was he was kind of the first kind of more hardcore serious Bond because Roger Moore was kind of goofy and Sean Connery had his goofy movies and stuff like that. And obviously Daniel Craig being my Bond of choice. Yes, but uh, 
Yeah, man. Uh, I want to go through all of those. It's something I, my, I bought my dad the collection a couple years ago for Christmas, and I'm like, I might have to borrow that. Twenty five movies. Yeah, I kind of want. It's the goodest time as ever to start plowing. I need to start digging through them again. So, but yeah, man. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that these two projects have kind of reemerged as the things to talk about. I don't yeah, know. Next thing you know, we're gonna get another scary movie. <laughs> oh please, no! I mean, I, I think what? Well, there's not an oversaturation of horror movies anymore. I, I don't feel like there is. Um, I wouldn't say horror movies. I would say sequels and spinoffs. No, I agree with that. But uh, I think, well, the scary movie stuff kind of came in at a time where, like, the teenage horror movies were so popular that they kind of had to parry them. You know right. I mean? well, well, I'm saying we still get an abundance of quote-unquote horror movies. Eh, it's, just a, it's just a matter of um, we're not beating on these guys who have legacies. Uh-huh. Like, you know, obviously Halloween was paid tribute to. We're not going to talk about this, but, like, you know, they brought back Freddy for a movie. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about how, who was it? Kobe Bryant wants to bring back. Uh, LeBron. LeBron. I'm sorry. LeBron wants to bring back uh, Friday the 13th. And, uh-huh. You know, like these guys are beaten on the greats. They're beaten on the foundation. Yeah. But there's still an abundance of kind of crap horror movies coming out. Yeah, but I feel like the crap movies didn't make an impact. Like, you know what I mean, oh, like, absolutely. I felt like the <laughs> you brush them off like flies. Like the, the I know what you did last summer is like we all know they were god awful, but people watched them and they did well and made a little bit of a cultural impact because it kind of changed the. That being said, Mike Myers, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. He's from Shrek. Uh, so a Breaking Bad movie. Yes. So I don't know if this is going to be like a full blown theatrical release or what's going on with it, but I have heard whispers of this thing. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, kind of, sorta, in passing. Um. If this thing goes through, I don't want it to be a continuation of where Breaking Bad, the show, left off. I want it to be a prequel and kind of build the world around it, kind of sort of how Better Call Saul is at the moment. Okay. And that being said, I don't want to see what happens to Jesse afterwards because his arc ends off so well. Uh Um, You know, uh, I'm not going to say anything because you haven't seen it yet. But the way the series ends is, is beautiful. It's perfect. And if you add anything after that, anything that's essentially not the complete aftermath of this shit show, uh-huh. uh, and you you know you try to do something over the top, it's not going to work. Okay. The only way this film's going to work if it's before the series start, and it leads into the first episode, or if it's like the culmination of how everything fell apart and how everybody's lives are now fucked up because of Walter White. Okay. I see. I feel you, man. Like I said, I can't really give much detail on it because I only got like three seasons in and I never still haven't finished it. I don't know why. Is it on Netflix anymore? Still is. Is it really? Highly recommend it. I just feel like uh, Netflix like intentionally buries all the stuff that's not theirs now. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Netflix has been doing some weird shit. I yeah. got some issues. Yeah. You have issues with it? They, um, okay. When I log into my Netflix, all I want to see is my list, my recommended and continue watching. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to see. Right. Unless I'm looking for something. They they do, hey, here's our new Netflix stuff that we added because we got it promoted. Here's uh, here's some recommended for you stuff. And then here's some two other completely random categories from something you've watched four years ago. And I'm like, guys, come on. Where is my where is my continue watching? That's what I'm here for. Oh, okay. I feel you, man. It is what it is. But, yeah, so, uh, like I said, I, I don't really have much of an opinion on this. I'm sure my wife would if we can get her in here. But she busy. But, um yeah, so I thought this was interesting. But speaking of the real interesting thing, the thing that we're all here to really talk about, this is like the topic that I'm most looking forward to. Uh, Toy Story 4 had a teaser that dropped. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's them prancing through some sort of something or other with a really ridiculous song with a, what is it, a spork? 
Is it a spork? Yeah, I think it was a spork. It was like a spork that like started to freak out. And they're like, oh, God. And it kind of ruined everything. Everybody was starting to fall down and stuff like that. Uh, they released a little poster with Woody staying in the middle of it, like kind of flicking his hat. And and they had the, like a key and peel kind of a deal that they released as well where they're just talking about, oh, man. Toy so Story anyway, what, what we can infer from this teaser is that Woody is going to die at the end of Toy Story 4. Why do you feel that way? I don't know. I'm just making fucking wild assumptions. Well, I, well, I know that there, that's like kind of a theory that I saw going around on the internet. Oh, really? On the internets, yeah. Yeah, I, I still got to watch three. Um, I'm still way behind on, oh my God. on this stuff. It's on my backlog. I promise I'll get to it. It's just a matter of I got some other movies I want to check out Bro, first. it's Toy Story 3, though. I got like 15 movies in front of it. What What do you got? Um, do, you have it, do you have it in front of you by chance? Uh, let me let me pull it up, actually, because I know I got half the list and my girlfriend's got the other half. Got to be that. Well, yeah, man, this, this is something that is highly anticipated coming out summer of next year. Uh, I'm like very much looking forward to this. So... Um, just excited what they see they got going on. I got The Secret of Nim, Tale of Princess Kaguya, Green Street Hooligans, Private Radio, Pirate Radio, I'm sorry, Donnie Brasco, State of Grace, King Jack, Cash Only, In a Valley of Violence, Chevalier, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Nocturnal Animals, Equilibrium, Voices of a Distant Star, Prisoner, Jacob's Ladder, Megalobox, uh, Silent House, We Are What We Are, and uh, Three Billboards. I actually picked that up so we're gonna watch that tonight interesting so i got yeah i got kind of a massive backlog to start plowing where do you find these these movies at uh they were recommended to me um when i worked at ups there was a there was a guy there me and him have very similar movie tastes and he would recommend shit to me all the time that being said i kind of stumbled on synopses of some of these and you know they seem interesting uh one of these is uh which one was it i think nocturnal animals is by like a fashion designer Mm -hmm. and he like directed it and stuff but it was supposedly a really good movie so Interesting. Yeah, man. Interesting. They have a, well, if you're interested, I know they have in the next coming weeks on Freeform, they're going to have like a marathon of all three Disney or Toy Story movies. Ooh, that might not be a bad idea to follow yeah. up on. So if you want to pick that, you know, grab at least the last one along the way. So, yeah, man. But anyway, so this Toy Story, man, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, obviously, Pixar has a, sto- a story that they feel like it was worth telling. And they're back. And we're excited. Me and my wife were uber, uber excited when this thing dropped. So quick question. Were you expecting a Toy Story 4? Yes. Okay. Well, because it's kind of hard to hide that because uh, you have to do these projects. They start these projects so far in advance. It's kind of hard to hide them. Um, and with the whole Toy Story Land thing, you know, it's like the perfect time yeah, to, absolutely. to do these things. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty amped about the whole entire thing uh, next year, summer. So, yeah, man, that's that. That's that. I mean, good she, copy. There's she, also another trailer that dropped. Uh, the Detective Pikachu trailer. Did you see it? I did. Um, how do you feel? Because I, I kind of grew up with Pokemon. I don't know what your stance on them is. Uh, it looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. I mean, my wife seems really like excited about it. I I watched it. I'm like, this is really dumb. <laughs> I don't particularly like the way they rendered some of these Pokemon. Like Pikachu looks too furry, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like that. Jigglypuff looks too furry. And- mm-hmm. Uh, Charizard looks fine. That being said, I think Ryan Reynolds is going to be the saving grace of... You think so? I absolutely think so. Well, my thing is, like, it's so hard to tell kind of what route they're going with because is it... It's not going to be, like, raunchy, is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's going to get... Honestly, it, it's... Nintendo's got to be overseeing this thing, so it's going to get a PG rating and then, at the very most, a PG-13. I doubt it's going to even hit PG-13, though. Hmm. I just don't understand. Like, who was clamoring for this? Like, I don't understand why. Oh, you'd be surprised. There's think- a pretty, pretty hefty fan base. Yeah. No, I know, but I mean, 
like why? <laughs> I don't know. Here's I mean, my thing. I they, like I like Pokemon back in the day and stuff like that, and I was a fan. But what the fuck? Like, where did this come from? Like, where is Detective Detective Pikachu a thing? Yeah, Detective Pikachu is a thing. Okay, what is it? What is Detective Pikachu? What is it? It is Pikachu and a gang of Pokemon uh, solving mysteries and shit in the Pokemon world. I don't follow it too closely, so I couldn't give you an example of it, but I know that's what they do. Okay. So, uh, that being said, I, I think they could have done this movie, done like a like an hour of 40 in animation, and yeah. kept Ryan Reynolds as, you know, Pikachu. Yeah. Because, uh, like, that's my thing. Like, they're like, oh, live action, but it's like, it's still... CGI, like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, I thought the trailer was okay. Um, that's my boy Ryan, though. I gotta support him. Yeah, and I think that's honestly that's the only thing that's kind of piquing my interest because it was gonna be Pika Pika your interest. Pika Pika my interest. Yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't Ryan Reynolds, it, it it you know if we're talking about keeping me interested, if it wasn't Ryan, should have been Danny DeVito. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I I will see. I might see it. I might not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna say a hard pass on that one. My wife is very much a fan of wanting to see this, and I'm like, I'll pass on it. You know what? Also, she's a big fan of that. I'm just gonna avoid totally entirely. What the the new Grinch movie? I have abs- yeah, I have no interest in that. I Zero. Think it terrible. It I think looks all the merchandising is garbage, and I think like the promotion for the movie is terrible. Yeah, it looks horrible. And in my in my opinion, you're not gonna get better than the Jim Carrey one. It's very gonna it's gonna be very very hard to be better. Than yeah, Jim I think. I think if your wife wants to see The Grinch, you should take her to the Broadway, or not the Broadway play, the the play in the, at the Chicago Theater. I think that's something that we wanted to do anyway. Because that starts this Friday. Does it now? Yep. Fuck. I would follow up on that because, yeah, okay, go spend 15 bucks a ticket for a movie that you know you're going to hate, or go spend 35 bucks a ticket for the stage play that's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, you're right about that. So that's just the thought, throwing it out there. I think it might make a good date, you know? Yeah, that's a good idea, Gabe. It's not a bad idea. So, you know, when's the last time you saw a stage play? Probably since I was eight. Or actually, this is a susicle. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's even better. I told susicle. my buddies and the drama teacher in high school that the only way I'm auditioning for a play is, it, is if it's for a susicle. So is this a thing? Susicle's a thing? Susicles are a very big thing. It's its own like subgenre of stage plays. Susicles, yeah. Huh. I saw... Uh, the last play we saw was over the summer... Um, it was called Crybaby. It was like a 50s theme. Okay, I know. Uh, I know. Coming of age, falling in love story. Yeah. Was it a movie, right? Was it a movie? Which I, I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But um, <laughs> my buddy Conrad had one line in the play because he was doing like tech directing and you know all that stuff, right? But he had one line as a character and they rolled him out on a cart and he had like this big like paper iron lung. And he, his line was, <coughs> oh man, I sure wish I would have gotten that polio shot. And they wheel him <laughs> off stage. <laughs> I just start clapping like that's my boy. <laughs> it was hilarious. You know that uh, in the, in the vein of Doctor Seuss, you know that um, Green Eggs and Ham was a bet. He made a bet with somebody that he could write a book with under 150 words, or something like that, and it'd, be, it'd still be a bestseller or something. It, no, just that he can do it. That it would be possible. Huh? And that's where Green Eggs and Ham came from. That he he would use less than 150 different words. So that's why it's so repetitive. Huh, copy that. And he, obviously he won the bet and sold millions and millions of books. <laughs> for him. Double win. I think that's a win for Mr. Dr. Seuss. Have you been to the Water Tower recently? I have not. Not recently. You know they have like a store that's dedicated to his artwork? Huh. That, that you can buy like full-blown pieces that were like done by him. And they're like worth thousands of dollars, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say if it's if it's like a replica for 20, 30 bucks, I'd probably. Mm-hmm. If it's, you know, the real thing for thousands, fuck that. Yeah, it's I thousands. Like, I don't like him like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's thousands and thousands of dollars. But 
uh, I think I wonder if it's still there because me and Adriana, her friend is back from uh, mil- or is on military leave right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's back in town today. We're going to try to do stuff like maybe go to the, the tree lighting tomorrow and just go downtown and hang out. Um, but it's been a while. Like me and Adriana, we make it what it used to be. Uh, before the baby was born, but um, we had like a tradition where we'd go to the water tower, we'd go to Harry Carey's on the top floor, and then we just walk around and kind of see all the, all the Christmas shit because this is when it's, you know, yeah, it was nicest, yeah, it's, it's nice right now. So, um, we're gonna try to see if we could do that tomorrow. Very hit, cool, hit that shit up, very cool, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, P- Detective Pikachu, I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk some gaming. So, I told you last week I have a game to kind of review. I'm going to try and keep a steady stream of games, maybe once a month, something like that, mm-hmm. to just start reviewing them. Have you heard of this game? It's called Lethal League Blaze. Yep, I have heard of it. Okay, so do you know how it works? Do you know what it is? Do you know anything It's like it? a like a weird... Te- I'm not, I, okay, so... No, it's like a... Yeah, I know, I know what you I know what it all is. All right, though. so um, here's what sold me on the game. One of my favorite music producers, Hideki Naganuma, did a lot of the music for this game. And I fuck with this shit heavy, like very heavily. And this game also utilizes the cell shading style of artwork which i'm a big fan of and these two elements are present in one of my all-time favorite games jet set radio future right so this is i don't want to say it's a spiritual successor but it's kind of in the same vein Mm -hmm. lethal league blaze is in its core a fighting game yeah right you could play Mm -hmm. 1v1 or 2v2 and here's how it works. Isn't, isn't it a 4v4 too? Don't they have that as an option? Uh, like a free-for-all? Yeah, like a free-for-all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. But here's how the game works. It's a very simple premise, right? And the story doesn't matter, of course, because it's a fighting game. They never do. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? That's, that's, that's so wrong, though. <laughs> what? Fight? We're within 10 feet of each other. We must fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it matters. Yeah. Um, so here's how the game works. Uh, your player... Your character is a member, uh, like a member of this, let's call them a street gang, right? Okay. Let's call them like a clique. And they play this game called Lethal League, okay? And it's essentially baseball. That's all it is. It's, it's baseball, but you're trying to smack the other guy with the ball. Uh-huh. So here's how the game works. You have, you know, a 1v1, yep. and there's a ball in the middle. The, when the round starts, the ball is neutral, and then you smack it, and the ball will start moving in which whichever direction you smack it, right? So you, as red player, you smack the ball first. If I come in contact with the ball without hitting it back, I'll take damage. And mm-hmm. that's the only way for somebody to take damage. they got to get hit by your ball. Mm-hmm. But they can bounce it back. They can hit it. They can hit it back and retaliate. Uh-huh. And so there's all sorts of, like, you can bunt the ball upwards. You can smack it. Each character has a pretty cool special move. And the ball gets faster the more you hit it. Mm-hmm. And this thing gets really fucking crazy really fucking quick. Yeah. And the music... Um, it like goes to the speed of the ball and it'll show you the speed in like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the center console it's like 200 miles per hour. And, uh, it's a very simple premise. There's four controls, not including the move stick. So it's very easy to pick up. And, uh, and on their website, they advertise no weak shit. So that's always a good sign. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's a very fun game. I'll yeah. say that. I think that the introduction to it was very player oriented. They didn't waste any time. They're like, here's your guy. Here are the moves. Practice for 10 minutes, and then we're going to toss you into the story. You could go online. You could do this, that, and everything. And I think that because this is so simple and because it could work out so many different fucking ways, I think this game is brilliant. Okay. I feel you. Um, now, like I said, I have heard of this game. I've seen footage of this game. Uh, now, what's most intriguing to me is when, like you said, when the ball gets real, when the fucking guy charges up a hit, and you fucking, the whole thing is going, it sounds like fucking somebody turning Super Saiyan. Yeah, there'll be moments. I think when you hit past 150 miles per hour, the game will uh, 
your guy will like hold the hit for a second and i'll go (laughs) fly across the screen and bounce off all the walls simple simple premise because like i said i've seen footage of this uh i actually looked it up once i saw it i'm like i know i've seen this before and I'm like, man, it's, what what what, cons- what uh, platforms is it available on? I have it on PC. I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll come to console eventually. Mm-hmm. That being said, I should probably bring the rig over one day, and we could plug it in and dick around because the game's super easy uh-huh. to pick up. It's super fun to play, and uh, some of these power ups are ridiculous. Like, there's this one. It's like a police drone, mm-hmm. and and here's how the power ups work. You got like a like a net that randomly appears, uh-huh. and it will float back and forth. If you can get the ball in the net and the ball's your color, you'll get a random power up. Mm-hmm. So there's one where it's like a police drone and it could like, it doesn't bounce off walls, but it'll continue where it left off. So uh-huh. it'll like zigzag across the screen and there's like something to make your ball invisible, something to set it on fire. It's absolutely ridiculous. Copy that. Insane. The music's great. Phenomenal. Artwork. I love it. And this is something I could see myself putting a lot of time into. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice taking a break from the very intricate, complicated, and essentially the clockwork of a machine that is the Mortal Kombat franchise uh-huh. and kind of taking a step back and appreciating what makes these games great. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it really is the simplicity, and sometimes it's just that fun factor. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's such an abstract game, but it, it, it's phenomenal. I love it. Happy that. Yeah, man. It's uh, I saw it, and I'm like, man, I wanna, if I had a, a PC, I'd definitely check that shit out. But yeah, that, that, that that's... Yeah, man. I'm glad that you had a nice little review there. Good stuff. All right, so this one next one's me. Uh, this is kind of gaming-related. I talked about uh, my board game wishlist. I know you have Twilight Imperium on yours. You, ha- you have it, don't you? I do not. You don't? Okay. I thought you were going to get it. Um, I was going to scoop a used copy, but even used copies go for like 70 bucks. So what is the premise of this game? You build an empire and you fuck with the other guy. That's, that's pretty much as far as I can explain it because I don't have it the game. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the rule books. Mm-hmm. But from what everybody tells me is that every little decision matters yeah. in the future of the game. And somebody was describing the game as Twilight Imperium is the type of game where one day you'll sit down and play a 10-hour game against your buddy, and then years later, you'll have an epiphany where you're like, oh, fuck, I should not have done that in that game, and it'll like haunt you for the rest of your life. And I was like, I'm sold. You know, yeah, That's all I need to hear. Definitely. Uh, so with that, I mean, like, I had a, a little wish list. I mentioned Betrayal Legacy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, you know, I thought it was, originally when I heard of it, I thought it was going to be an expansion on the Betrayal game that already exists. It, it's it's almost like, a, from what you make it sound like, it, it is technically an expansion, but it is an extension of the core gameplay features and kind of a recycling, making it, like you said, a continuous, like, episodic story yeah. almost, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, because, like, when you play the original Betrayal, you've, 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 we've played Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We've played it. Okay. Um you know how like omens and items can be anywhere. Yeah. Well, this time omens and items are only available on certain floors, oh. so it kind of changes up the gameplay in that regard. And like I said, um, you you pick a clan of people, not just a particular character, and that clan is something that you carry on. Very cool for every single episode and the story. Like I said, the story is revolving. What you do when one thing affects what happens later, um, which is the whole legacy format of it all. Two quick little tidbits about betrayal. First of all, I'm glad that they did a reprint of the game. Yeah. yeah. Because when we were kind of getting into it, I know it was like a hundred something dollars. Mm-hmm. And they reprinted it and it was like sixty, and I think you could scoop it up for fifty or less, you yeah, know, yeah. depending on your local board game store. And two, they're doing a very good job of taking care of the product. Yes. Because they could have easily just done more of these expansion packs. Yeah. And they could have even done what Cards Against Humanity does and just sell you like a little ten card pack that's like new omens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, new this, new that. Very easy. But they Took the time, they reviewed some core mechanics, they added new mechanics, mm-hmm. and now it's almost like, by buying this, it's almost like you have a completely different game. Yeah, definitely. Because I have the expansion for it. Um, we love it. 
I mean, uh, it's a, one of our favorite games outside of Takedo. Takedo probably still is my favorite game. They have an expansion for that. I know that. Um, but, man, we, we want to get back into board games because, like I said, we kind of took a break there for a minute. My, my little girl's old enough to where she could kind of just do her own thing while we play. As you guys you know, saw at, at the game yeah. night, she was very chill. Very well behaved. Comparatively. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, we want to bring it back. And there's a bunch of other games that... You know, like I want to get my own version of Catan. Uh, I am actually, I have Catan on my wish list as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I do not want to buy one. I want to print my own tiles is what I want to Why do. Why is that? I just think, I, I kind of like painting miniatures and stuff like that. I like that intricate shit. Like I have model <laughs> kits at home. And I think that if I could just print out my own map mm-hmm. and paint everything and, you know, put a little touch of love, mm-hmm. put some magnets on the bottom so all sticks and nice, I think that would be great because then, you know, this is like unique yeah i got you i feel you um i know legendary is on my my list of things i want to yes, get sir. uh ascension is also on my list of games i want to get um what i should bring over munchkin one day we have a copy we could, of we could play munchkin i, I want that That'd be cool. I, we have munchkin and like f- three expansions for it it's pretty great i want star flux that's another game that i want uh, yeah, star flux yeah there's uh, a bunch of like offspins like stoner flux yeah, and yeah stuff yeah. like that definitely yeah. uh and there was one other game fuck what was it called but this was like an episodic game as well like where you play the the story and then you buy more stories to play but like it's supposed to be like very very good i forgot the name of it off the top of my head yeah man we should take a trip to hot sauce one day i'm down let me know good copy fuck what are you doing after this (laughs) (laughs) i'm going home yeah right (laughs) copy that but yeah um yeah man this is uh like i said a hobby that we had a lot of fun with when it was in the tayday so to speak and we wanted to bring it back so i'm glad to see it coming back and you're your closet space is starting to fill up quite nicely with these things yeah it's definitely nice uh like i said i want to bring out mysterium at the next game night uh, Codenames we haven't played a whole lot of. We enjoyed it, though. Uh, There's an online version of Codenames where everybody logs on to this website, and then one person hosts, and you give that code out. And it plays the, very much similar to Codenames, but you, there's no like you know card set up, and you don't got to bring anything out. It's just you play via phone. Oh, that's cool. I like What other game that we played that one time? Was it Spy Party or something like that? that? Yeah, Spyfall. Spyfall. That's what it was, uh, where we played that, and we actually had fun, and we were just bullshitting, just hanging out. Yeah, we should play Jack in the Box, too. What's that? Um, Jack in the Box is a party game So you buy the PS4 disc You pop it in And then everybody connects via their phone or computer or tablet Whatever it may be And then there's like a whole bunch of different party games mm-hmm. Where it's like here's a drawing You gotta guess what it is within you know oh, okay. X amount of time and stuff That's cool Because uh, you know, I don't know if you remember this episode But we, we broke out Sheriff and Nottingham on one of the podcasts back in the day Yes uh, So it would be kind of cool Maybe next game I have to break out the microphones And just have Kind of the same thing that we do and break it out and see what happens. I mean, obviously, so not all games are going to be able to translate. Um, what do you think would be good that we got right now, Gabe? Something nice, dirty, and quick. So, cool. Uh, resistance would be excellent. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to take a closer look at some of these games, but something that we could play a game or two within half an hour time span. Yeah. yeah and yeah. something that everybody can be on board on. I got to dig up Kumi. I don't know where the fuck that game went. Disappeared. Yep. It's a good excuse to get a new set because right. your, your old set was kind of crusty. Oh, yeah. I, I was telling crusty, her. Like, steel beer on it yeah. and stuff. Resistance and Koo are definitely crusty because those are the ones that are easiest to pick up. So we, we break those out more probably more than any of them. Yeah, man. Koo's like 20 bucks. So yeah. it's not even an investment. This is true. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, I want to bring it back. And I'm excited that we had one because it's the first yeah, one. It was excellent fun. First one in a long time. So so um, have you heard anything about Borderlands 2 recently? No. There's been some interesting things going on with it, right? And here's how it started. On the Steam DB, which is the Steam database, there was all sorts of new assets and stuff added to Borderlands 2, but not made readily available for the public. 
So people think that this was in the QA phase, the quality assurance. So you got people going in and testing and trying to break it essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Finding all the bugs and shit like that. And so people originally thought that, hey, this is Borderlands 2 VR because it recently came out for PS4. And, you know, people were like, oh, that's probably like a timed thing where they'll have an exclusive till the end of the year and then it'll come out for everything else. But each each thing that they dropped was a localized version. That means it was made and translated for a specific part of the world. But here's the issue. Borderlands 2 is already localized. Mm -hmm. And doing it in VR, you don't really have to change those assets Mm -hmm. particularly, right? So this thing has a name and people are thinking that this is going to be a new DLC. And this is a game that's six years old at this point. I like it. And and I, the general consensus of this is that this is probably going to be a DLC, a hefty DLC, because there's a lot of shit in here, that it's going to translate, it's going to lead you right into Borderlands 3. Okay. And I think there's there's still a lot of mystery around this. And, you know, I can't give you for sure is quite yet. I think it's pretty cool, though, especially if it's going to be a free DLC, where it's like, hey, if you have the game, hop on this. Wait a few months, and then we're going to have Borderlands 3. Okay. That being said, um, Gearbox has a lot of bang-for-your-buck value, mm-hmm. and the Handsome Jack collection is finally coming around to PC. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, I recommend it. It's like 20 bucks, and you get two games and all the DLCs for it. Mm-hmm. Where else are you going to find that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had some issues with it, mm-hmm. mainly because of the, the art style and just It everything. hurts my eyes. It's not, it's, it's not the game. Pl- well, I'm not really big on the looting games, right? I think we've talked about this before. It's not my thing. It's like a genre of game that you have to be like really into. Uh-huh. I don't really like it. And B, like, I can only handle the art style for so long because it starts to hurt my Like, I physically get a headache. Like, it, sure. hurts, my, it hurts my eyes. Sure. So, um, yeah, I know you're big on it, but just for me, like, even Left 4 Dead was kind of in the same category, like, where we're just kind of. Eventually, it would just give me a headache. Copy that. So, I don't know if this is just like a... Maybe it's just too much going on yeah, on maybe. the screen. You know, too much to focus on and stuff. Yeah. Because those hordes get pretty nasty if you... Yeah, definitely. If you stay put. Definitely. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just really... I guess it really depends on the game and the art style. Cause, yeah. Because, like, even, like... I remember... This is, like, a game that my dad bought me. and It was, like, when the new the Terminator 3 came out on the PlayStation 2. It was a shitty game. It was, like, an Atari... Like, Atari made it. <laughs> like, that's how shitty it was. And it was, like, the Terminator 3... And I would play it for five minutes, and I would get the biggest headache, like five minutes into playing it. And you gotta use that uh, that rebranded visine, bro, for gamers. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but fuck, dude, like. Yeah, man. Some games are just like that. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I can't. Like I said, I can't even exactly pinpoint what 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 it does. What does it? But yeah, because Borderlands definitely has a shitload going on. Yeah. At any given point, mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead in the same category. I can't speak on this Terminator game because I have no. Um, experience with it. I don't think I'm the only person who bought it. So ever, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. Interesting thing. Six year old game. They and still monthly. I follow them on Twitter. They they drop codes for like loot crates and stuff, and you just punch in the code and you'll get two loot crates every month for free. Really? Yeah, they've been doing it consistently what for six they, years. What are they working on? Are they working on anything new? Like what? what People what? are assuming Borderlands Three. But I'm saying, have they done anything else in between? Uh, they did that Battleborn game that flopped. Oh, that was Because it them. came out at the same time as Overwatch. Overwatch. Uh, yeah. I might bring back Overwatch because I have it still. I want to play it. Copy that, I look, sir. I was looking at gameplay the other day, and I'm like, it was fun. Well, I you got it. all these new heroes out now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of interesting. What the fuck, phone? Why are you closing out on me? I believe I got next topic as well. You do. So this is coming from me, somebody who's a programmer in the IT field, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So video game companies have been notorious for the couple months leading up to a game release 
they force their employees to work crazy hours. Mm -hmm. And so from my understanding, what happened at Treyarch with Black Ops 4 is that they had the QA team working like 80-hour weeks, Mm -hmm. which is insane. It's Mm -hmm. crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess there was a debacle where one of the Treyarch employees, right, they pushed back the, the break time or whatever, and this guy wasn't informed. So he went on break, right? He came back, and everybody was freaking out, blah, blah, blah. And they fired him on the spot, wow. which is insane. And this dude's been at Treyarch since Black Ops 1. Um, he, like, he essentially moved out to Cali. Like, he was from, like, the Midwest somewhere. He moved out to Cali, and he, you know, essentially got his dream job working at Treyarch. Yeah, right? Definitely. And, and here's the crazy thing, right? From, from what I read, this dude was, like, he would actively play Call of Duty Zombies outside of work. And he was on the Zombies QA team, which is crazy. Like, you know, like, think about coming home and doing what you do at work. Right? It's insane. <laughs> but, yeah, they fired this dude on the spot. And Treyarch was like, whatever, fuck you. And I think that's kind of crazy. Because it's not uncommon for, you know, that crunch. It's mm-hmm. not uncommon. It's it's really abuse. Yeah. Abusing your employees. Honest to God, it is. But the fact that they just kind of brushed him off. And he was, like, the, the one who had the most bug catches uh, in, in the year. You know, they essentially fired their number one employee. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's um, have, I, see, like when you hear shit like that, you don't expect like the developer of a game to do it. You expect to hear that from like the publisher, like so, like Treyarch doing that is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Activision doing that or EA doing that, you're like, I, I understand, but Treyarch's never struck me as the type to to really do so because, like, obviously. Infinity Ward, they had the whole debacle with their staff, which is why they lost half of them. And they, they became, uh, game, you know, respawn games or whatever. And they're the ones that do Titanfall. But, yeah, I've never heard anything about Treyarch kind of being a pain in the ass when it comes yeah. to that. I am. Um, and, and, you know, this is kind of an assumption. I don't know. I'm assuming these guys are full salary, so they don't make any overtime. Yeah. And my buddy who, he, he does code for a pretty big company, international company. And um, he told me that last year they had all their programmers working like 60, 70 hour weeks. Mm-hmm. They didn't get overtime, but he got a $500 gift certificate, which barely makes up for it. Uh-huh. You know, barely. Well, here's the, well, it's like you said, assuming they are salaried, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dead time, right? So it's, it's meant to balance out, right? Because there's going to be times where you don't have anything to do. And if you're on a QA team for a game that's already released, obviously it's not going to be as intensive as it is the game that's about to come out, right? So it's gonna balance out, but for him to have a, like a misunderstanding about a break, yeah, and then get the shaft because there was a misunderstanding or a miscommunication, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Like I said, these guys eighty hours a week—that's absurd. But that's what you sign up for when you become yeah. Do this it's job. to be expected, unfortunately. Yeah, during this time period when a new game is about to drop. But like I said, there's a, there is a lot of dead time. You can't tell me that there's not. You well, know me? that's subjective, and here's why. Because now they got the three-company rotation. Yeah. So at, I think at any given point, they could be like, we're making the next one start, you know, rev your engines. Uh-huh. And, you know, maybe not QA has so much to do right off the bat, but I'm sure they'll give them something to do. I'm sure QA is also going to those idea, those meetings and pitching ideas and stuff. And, you know, they still have a workload. I'm, you know. Yeah. Because there's no way QA is sitting on their ass for the first six months of development. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. It is shitty that they would do that to an employee. What you seem to describe as a star employee. Has there been any backlash about this? I haven't heard of this. This is uh, Not time. from what I've heard. 
Why would they be immune to the backlash on this? I've, I have no idea. Remember back in the day when fucking there would be a glitch in a Call of Duty game and everybody would freak out and, and fucking tweet JD2020 from the fucking Xfinity War team because he was the community manager. Yep. And, and everybody would have a meltdown and he that, they beat that guy to death that he fucking quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I guess we will see. And I think that's probably one of the reasons. I was thinking about the question you asked, I don't know, a couple months ago where you're like, oh, if money wasn't an object, what would you do? And, you know, I was like, definitely not game development because mm-hmm. that's just too much stress. Yeah. You know, that's probably way too much. 80 hour weeks. That's mm-hmm. fucking insane. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, obviously, shame on Treyarch for doing it. Um, you know, but what can we do? What can we do for the poor soul? Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. But, you know, he got his dream job and sometimes it's not as nice as it seems. Absolutely. You know, it's just how it be. Yep. Definitely. But, um. With that, they dropped Nuketown on this new... Uh, yeah, I saw. Um, what, yesterday? Yeah, and it actually looks different. I mean, uh, it's still the same basic map. You know mm-hmm. you know it. You've seen it a bazillion times. Oh, yeah. But this time, it takes place in Russia, and it kind of has different theming. Uh, outside of the Zombies Nuketown map, it's looked relatively the same um, since you know we got it in the first Black Ops. So that's kind of cool. I played it a little bit, and I, I, I'll say this. And I've said it for every subsequent release. As the gameplay changes a little bit, it becomes less and less for the game that it's come, that it's out for. So I think now more so than ever, it fits the Call of Duty vibe even less than it did the game previous to that. Just because, well, in three they had the fucking jetpacks, which completely, totally, like just ruined the whole entire experience of Newtown. Because uh, you could literally, like it was fat, it was easy enough to get from one point of the map to the other. But now you're literally flying to the other side of the map in 0.2 seconds. They have even have fucking the parkour jumping fucking thing that you could do that. This one, um, this is the time to kill is so fucking slow. You just like it feels it's not the same. Yeah, Nuketown's it, not the same. It, it changes the vibe of it entirely. Nuketown and Rust and Shipment, all these maps were made for the quick and dirty. You yep. get in, you get your kills, you get the fuck out. This yeah. is a four minute match, tops. <laughs> Speaking of which, so I was playing this fucking game the other day, right? On Nuketown? No, I was playing. I was just playing Black Ops Four in general. Uh huh. And they have a new thing called Endurance Mosh Pit. And what it is, cool. what it is, is... So it's... Hang on. Let me take a wild guess, right? So you have Thousand Below open up. You got the Devil Wears Prada follow up with that, Silent Planet, and then Every Time I Die. Not quite. Not and quite. And then Slayer. No, not quite. <laughs> not quite. What it is, is that they take the, the the Mosh Pit format, which is... The playlist, just, yeah. Yeah, which you just, you know, they throw you into random game types that are under its banner. But the endurance aspect of it is, is that the the score limit is twice as big. Holy shit. So you're t- so a Call of Duty game last wait seven eight minutes maybe tops. Now you're playing like a twenty minute game. Now you're playing a twenty minute game of domination on slums because <laughs> that was the one I had the most experience with because they kept everybody picked slums. Anytime that the slums comes up, map. yeah, it's a great map. But every time it comes up, somebody, everybody's picking slums. And man, it's fucking chaos. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. It, it like, I guess this is the point, but it feels like a fucking all out war. But by, by the time it gets to that, like. Halfway mark? Yeah, the halfway 75% mark. Because usually this is where, by near the end of the game, is where the final push happens. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have that mentality, that internal clock saying, okay, time for the final push. But no, you still got another half of the game to You got to hold down B. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Another time. But, um, fuck. Yeah, man. It's chaos. Especially like on Domination or like Hardpoint, when you're just fucking running back and forth. It was fun. But man, it was a fucking haul. I'm like, okay, one more. I'm like, uh, what's this? Let me play this. I never played this before. And then I like, I read the description. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I signed on for a twenty fucking twenty minute fucking fist fight. 
essentially. Huh? Yep, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. But it is what it is, man. I don't know what else to say about the about the Treyarchs. What's going on with my stuff? My bad. No, because I put on the Face ID, but now it doesn't let me look at my messages, like through the the UI or whatever the fuck. But um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Good copy. Ready? Oh yeah, so uh, the ten song set list for this week is uh, my choice, and the band was Straight from the Path. And uh, so, do you have your set list? I know you just did it. <laughs> I do. I actually did seven because or eight. I'm sorry, because because um, you don't know ten songs. <laughs> no, I know the ten, but like none of which that would make my set. Okay, let's hear your eight. All right, actually, no, I'm sorry, nine. Uh, opening up with Future of Sound, I just love it. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah, I think it's a good song to open up with. Kind of that rap, kind of hip hoppy bounce kind of deal, but it gets kind of bananas. Um, Scissor Hands next up. Uh, the next song is All Day and Night, which is off their newest album. Badge and a Bullet Part Two, Outbreak, Good Night Alt Right, uh, Die Die Pig, Strange Fiction featuring Keith Buckley, and First World Problems featuring Sam Carter of the Architects. Wow, good set list. Uh, we got a lot of similarities. I got a big order change. Though. We're going to open up with Outbreak. Okay. Because that's a very good definitive straight from the path song. Yeah, yeah. It's a rager. Number two is Loudest in the Room. That's off their latest album. Uh-huh. Then Scissor Hands. Then we got D-I-E-P-I-G, you know, the uh, Front Porch Steps tribute. <laughs> <laughs> then we got a deep cut called Mad Girl. Okay. We got Goodnight Alt-Right, which is a banger. Uh, the House Always Wins. Uh-huh. All Day and a Night. Shots fired and close out with first world problem child. Oh, so we we had the yeah. Yeah, I actually saw them open up for Bear Tooth two years ago. They're really good life. Sure, from Beth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely they're good. Fun. Yeah, uh, I've seen them play a couple times. Uh, I've seen them at War Tour a handful of times. It's a good show, definitely a good show. Like you said uh, last week, or yeah, like you said, it's a like kind of a band that doesn't really get the love that I think I feel it deserves. I think uh, political core bands. Um, <laughs> They're they're gonna bubble up real quick. So I know straight from the path when they dropped. Um, good night, all right. Well, not good night, all right. The album for this, uh, Subliminal Criminals. They mm-hmm. were like, you know, up there. They were in fuego for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the hype kind of died down. And this is this isn't a band we really talk about on the podcast, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I thought they needed some love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that being said, what is your ten song set list band for next week? So I have two, and I'm gonna let you pick. Sure. All right. Uh, August Burns Red mm-hmm. or Vanna. Ooh, interesting choice. Let's do Vanna first. You want to do Vanna? Okay. Yeah, let's do Vanna. All right, we'll do that. I already have it in my head, but go ahead. <laughs> I think I might already have a playlist. Let me look at I, I know I made a Vanna playlist at one point. I don't know if I saved it, though. Uh, Toxic Pretender, Digging. No, not that early. <laughs> no, just those two. But no, you're right, you're, right, you're right about Toxic Pretender. That's definitely my opening track. All right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> let's talk uh, some Bad Omens and Amity Affliction <laughs> no. and Senses Fail. All right, uh, so if you've been on Twitter, you know what's kind of going on with these bands. Essentially... The shots were fired. You get it? This is straight from the path reference. When Census Fail tweeted that Bad Omens dropped from the tour because they were upset that their name was not big enough on the poster. <laughs> and shit hit the fan at that very moment. Okay. And so here, I'll state the facts. What we know for sure. What, what we know for sure. They did indeed, they did indeed drop off the tour. Mm-hmm. There are no plans for coming back on the tour. Mm-hmm. Um. And according to Noah Sebastian, the Bad Omens frontman, he said that they left because some of their demands were not met. Now, here's where the ambiguity starts. Because Census Fail were the first one to kind of, you know, they, they shot the first shot yeah. heard around the Twitter, right? Yep. And so now you have this massive divide in the metalcore community 
and you're either on Amity Affliction Sense of Fail side or you're on the Bad Omen side. And the general consensus is is that even the uh, Sumerian manager said that, yeah, we don't stand bullying, which is what these older guys were doing to Bad Omens. Um, that being said, there's still a lot of, like, question, in, you know, in, in, in this whole controversy. So what do you think? <laughs> oh, man. Um, bullying. Wow. Um, well, here's the, the, the cold, simple facts or the cold, simple what defines this and makes it even somewhat of an issue because Bad Omens management and Bad Omens themselves said that they were under contractual obligation to make their thing a, a certain size, right? I believe that's what I saw. If that is true, you have to do it. Yeah. You have to. That's what you signed. It is what it is. Well, but, I believe the, the argument was also their co-headliner along with these other guys. They're not an opening act. They get a full, like, 45 hour long set list. You can't, you can't have, well, you can't have, by the, the very foundation of the word co there's two. Yeah. And that's such right. a fail. Well, and, and that, that's, that's my understanding of it. They were supposed to be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, for three reasons. Well, two reasons. No, because again, by the very found definition of co as a prefix. No, you're, you're not. There's two. That's co co is two. Cooperate. It's two. B, <laughs> you were not even in the same league as these bands. And I'm not big on census fail anymore. I'm not as big as Anime Affliction either. They they had their moment. They're, you were not even close to that size right now. Now, if it was you and Capsize, you have a conversation. But you're not even close. And I don't give a fuck how up and coming you are. You're not bringing me the horizon. You're not even close to being me bringing the horizon yet. So for you to be like we deserve this you don't deserve shit i don't give a fuck how long you've been touring you're still this big right you're still this big you do not get to call shots on a poster which is absolutely like ridiculous right that they would even make a big deal about it you are the third act on a four <laughs> act tour you know who's the last guy that's playing? exactly? <laughs> hang, hang on, no fuck, because we we know him. We saw him live. Were they? Was it Home Safe? No, it wasn't Home Safe. I don't know who who it is. But uh, yeah, they're just hanging on. Like we still here. That's that's my point. We we go from twenty minutes to thirty minutes. Yeah, Yay! Exactly. <laughs> Two more songs. Um, you. I mean, I understand that there's a lot of hype on Bad Omens, mm -hmm. and I understand some of it. Yeah, they're part of that trifecta that's going to lead the next wave. Yeah. And I understand that, but they're not there yet. Cool. All right. So, you, so your team, Amity. I think both of them. I think both of them sound ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Um, are you picking a side, or are you just staying right in the middle? Um, I, well, if I had to pick one, it would be the Census Fail Emmy Fiction Camp. Sure. Um, because in this whole them trying to like angle it as bullying, like shut the shut the fuck up. How many fucking bands have they probably been like, you know, when they were coming up or as they were fucking starting to establish a name for themselves. They're like, we're bigger than them. They don't fuck. No, they don't fucking matter. This local band that we're bigger than, they don't fucking matter. How many times have they probably done that? How many times have they probably walked into a venue and big shot at all the little local bands that they played with? Probably a shit ton. They all, every band does it, whether they mean to or not. It's just how it is. Copy that. No, this band's not going to play my equipment. We're bigger than them. I don't want to know this fucking guy. This guy's going to, I don't want to hear it. All bands. And, and this is the difference between there's, there's two train of thought. I feel like, for the people who've never been in a band for it, they see issue with it. 
For the people who have been in a band before, they don't because we've all been there in one way or another. So there's just senseless whining to me. Copy that. Sorry. Copy that. I think that was a solid rant. Sorry. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I think both sides did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and now uh, here's what I'm going to say. I don't know the extent of this because you know what? Maybe Amity Affliction was a complete fucking douchebag. And well, you know, from what I understand, fail. it was more senses fail that was the, the problem. From and, and you know, maybe it was just more than this poster thing. Because I don't think Bad Omens would have massively freaked out about that. I, don't, I really don't think they would have. Because you're right, they're not that big. And I think they realize that they're coming up, but they're not big yet. Mm-hmm. If there was more to this, then shame on these older guys. But like I said, there's still a lot of ambiguity in, mm-hmm. in it. That being said, I thought the situation was handled very poorly by everybody involved, including mm-hmm. the, the fan base, the Metalcore audience. Um, census fail shouldn't have fucking said anything. They should have said... Hey, uh, couldn't agree on something. D- the not even that. They they could they could have just said, "Hey, for some unforeseen circumstances." Um, yeah, I almost said thousand below. Uh, Bad Omens had to drop out of the tour. Okay, fine, and you know there wouldn't be all this beef. Yeah, and then you know, and, and ba- Bad Omens felt the need to defend themselves at that point. Yeah, and Bad Omens would have just been like, "All right, they're letting everybody know we're good." Yeah, right. And now you got people like what's his face from Kane Hill firing shots at. Aaron Stringer for Amity Affliction. You got all this nonsense, right? And it's just, and, and like, okay. And the next thing I want to address is if you're a Census Fail fan and an Amity Affliction fan, that's great. We're all in the same scene. We're all in the same boat, right? Mm-hmm. Do not fucking send death threats to Noah Sebastian because that is not okay. Mm-hmm. He's been getting death threats left and right over this thing. And it's honest to God, it's, it's so stupid and so minute. And if it was handled better, then there'd be no issue. But yeah. now you essentially have all three names slandered. Yeah. You got Amity Affliction and Aaron Stringer, who looks like, you know, like he's this e- egomaniac. cocky egomaniac. You got Senses Fail that looks like, you know, the uh, angry, grumpy old man who looks like Fat Mike, who just hates on yeah. new and upcoming bands. Yeah. Right. And, and then you have these snot nosed punks. Yeah, well, you essentially have a bunch of people thinking that, oh, these guys are too big for their own good. And, you know, they've only sold a thousand albums. Or, I'm just making that figure yeah, up, yeah. whatever, maybe. They're, you know, this big and they're already too big for their own good. All three names are now slandered. I and I that. think the whole thing was handled poorly. Because like I said, Census Fail or Amity would have just been like, hey. Um, Didn't work out. Bad Omen's not coming on. Uh, whatever, you know. Well, maybe we'll catch him next time or some shit. That would have been fine. But the way that things escalated and the way things were played out it was terrible for everybody involved. And I think it's good to put this behind us. That being said, let's get Bad Omens back on a tour, maybe with Kane Hill. I think that'd be cool. Um, let's just get those boys moving, man. They, they probably already suffered enough. I don't know, man. Like, But here's why I was so quick to jump on against Bad Omens. Because maybe, maybe that's just the mentality I have because I'm an old old head, so to speak. Um, you grew up with Census Fail. Yeah, yeah I'm an old head. Um, but they fucking made a t-shirt out of this situation. Did you see that? They oh, made, yeah. Here's our t-shirt. Come here. and support us. Well, now they can't get all that merch money from tour, which is, I get it. You know, we've talked about like, hey, you got to do what you got to yeah, do. Yeah, but, but now they're just trying to directly profit off the drama of it all. Because the, 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 literally it's a black t-shirt with bad omens this big in the center of it. Hey, man, shit happens. Newspapers do it all the time. YouTubers do it all the time. I get it. It might not have been the smartest move. Maybe wait like a couple weeks and make a joke make out of it. Make a joke out of it, yeah. Yeah, but not not in your apology. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what it was. And like I said, I'm an old head, so we come from different kind of eras of, of the scene. So, 
Yeah, I my side is I, this was an embarrassing week to be part of the, the fan base. I'd agree with that, and I just think that it should have been handled better. Man, the, the comment section on these things are fucking. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's literally like a, a house divided right now. Yeah, you know, I don't know, dude. It's just, I don't know. Like it's, I said, I'm I'm not standing by either of them until the whole story is out until we we know every little detail because you know well, but that that's why like because they're like oh our thing our our negotiations or whatever weren't met or our demands weren't met as you put it but if like people are like oh though they must have a non-disclosure it's like if the requirements weren't met it's a void contract at this point like it's over with they have the right to share that yeah. But there's nothing other than like, oh, it wasn't just that. It was about respect. It's just like, shut the fuck. Respect for what? What have you done? What have you done? Yeah. No, you Cop- haven't done copy dick. Copy on Jake's on Team Senses, Amity. You, you haven't done dick. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. You haven't. You had one, two albums, one album, whatever the fuck. Working on a second one. You're a good band. You have talent. But what are you doing? You take your fucking licks. You fuck it. You're the third act on a four band package. Yeah, man, whatever. I'm just going to dismiss this. I'm not going <laughs> to hold it against anyone's head. I think I am, honestly. I mean, I don't, don't want to. Don't, don't be expecting any more Bad Omens reviews from Jacob. No, I like them, and I'm still going to listen to their shit. I was just harping on about their new single that they dropped not too long ago when they, they yeah, did. Before this happened. I, li- I liked it. I liked them. But now I'm getting that uh, that kind of thing, that mentality in my head, and I'm just like, fuck, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I but, think we should go into it with that mentality, but... That's kind of my, my thought process on this, where everybody involved, you, you're all guilty by association. I agree with that, definitely. It, like you said, it, it makes them all look bad. Yeah. And I think the way we kind of broke it down with what who looks like what, I think it's definitely a, a nail on the head. Absolutely. That. And uh, I hope these bands will make up, maybe not anytime soon, but you know, maybe in the future. I was thinking about this. I'm like, imagine if the Warped Tour was still a thing and all three of them were on it. <laughs> Well, I think the 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 juiciest be fire member was when the Acacia Strain dude and uh, Emir, the, the guy from Emir, yeah. they had that fist fight at the bar, and then they made up, and they're like, "We're good, you know, we yeah. fought, we 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 got tussled. over it, we're good now." What was the good? Well, like the falling in reverse and uh, the Ronnie Radke and uh, what's his face, Craig Mabbitt beef. That was a pretty juicy well. No, one. there was the Ollie and and Ronnie Radke beef too, wasn't it? They had a beef too. Yeah, it oh, was well. Ollie and someone. I don't remember that. I know they got he got to a fist fight with Sam Carter on stage as a joke one time. Who did? Ali Sykes. That's hilarious. They, like they're like we're we're friends. We were just fucking like they got to a full blown fist fight <laughs> on stage, uh, and obviously they're friends. But um, yeah, man, I think it's uh, man, I remember like back in the day, and you know, this is bringing back memories where like beefs between bands were just like such a commonplace. Like that uh, that Limp Biscuit Slipknot beef, that yeah. Slipknot Mushroom Head beef, yeah, uh, that fucking Metallica Limp Biscuit beef. Oh yeah, I remember that. there was a whole bunch of shit back in the day. Yeah, man. And it's just like... Uh, oh, the, uh, s- the Slipknot Nickelback beef. <laughs> I'm the, starting to see a common trend the, with this. And then there was the there's the fabricated beef that neither side had. It was the Slipknot and ICP beef where they both went on the Rod Howard show. And they're like, oh, what's your issue with them? And they're like, oh, nothing. We, we think they're pretty cool. And ICP was like, dude, we think these guys are badass. Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's no issue that they got a clown in their band and you guys are clowns. And it's like, no, man. It's just, it's just face paint and masks. It's no issue. And, and Corey Taylor was like... You call us up here for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sean. Of course, he's like, "Hey, I got, I got presents. I, I brought presents for you, but, but, but security wouldn't let me bring them." <laughs> hey, you know, it was just fabricated beef and shit like that. And well, I'm saying, like, man, like the Warped Tour years back in like 2006, seven, like it was a lot of that going on back in the day. But like this, 
I don't know. Maybe I just don't care anymore because I'm old and grumpy. But um, I don't know. You're not entitled to nothing. And especially if you're the third bag on a four-band package, you probably should relax. And I looked at the post They weren't like – it's not like it was unseen. Like you could see their name very clear as day. And there's just, a, there's just a lot wrong with it. I guess we'll wait and see. So to be fair, though, I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty good touring package. The last package that I co-heading headlining package that I saw that was this good was the Architects Let Live one. That was pretty fucking good. They had a gla- they had Glass Cloud and I the Mighty on that Ooh, shit too. Glass Clouds is excellent. Mm-hmm. And they put on a fucking hell of a show. And my wife is not really big on the gent style, but she's like, they were really fucking good. I'm yeah. like, I real good <laughs> copy, sir. Yeah. Um. Speaking of bands that are cranking out some new stuff, um, the Fever confirmed album January. <laughs> I think it'll be good because they're touring with Bring Me the Horizon, at least in Europe. The Fever? Yeah, they're opening for Bring Me the Horizon, which kind of goes to show how, how much fucking they blew up in the past couple months. Um, full-length album. I don't know if we're going to get repeats of the EP songs on there. I hope not. Um, good for them. Uh, Jason Butler, very talented man. And, you know, of course, everybody in that band is very talented because mm-hmm. you got Chariot guys in there and you get well, the one guy's from Norma Jean, right? Ex-Norma Jean, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And, uh, yeah, man, good for them. So there's is I want to say it's January 19th. Don't quote me on that date. And then uh, every time I die, I confirm that they got 26 days left of touring in this year. And after that, they're going back in the studio. It's amazing because it's fucking November, November and I'm like, this is the time with me, if I was personally in like a touring group, this is the time I'm going to start winging down on the yeah, touring. Yeah, this is the time you're going to start writing, right? Yeah, start winging down on that. And so I can spend time with my family and stuff like that. But they're like, no, man, we're going to fucking go halfway through November-ish to like mid-December. And then we're going to... Well, because f- the last show they're playing is their Tid the Season Christmas show, which I'm going to be at. You're going to that for sure, for sure? Tickets bought for everything, Airbnb set up, plane tickets oh, wow. done. Yeah, uh, the moment they went on sale last December, I bought two. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're going. I'm not fucking missing that. I'm not missing wrestling beer and every time I die. Okay, real quick, who's who's on that that that, that set or that lineup? If you have it pulled up, real quick. Well, okay, can you take a wild guess as to Knock Loose is on there? For oh sure. yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> dude, quick quick shout out to Knock Loose. They've been on tour with Beartooth sixty three days now. These guys are missing home. Imagine not being home for two months. That's crazy. Well, That's think wild. about it. they're in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky though. So, <laughs> yeah. hey man, home is where you make it. That's true. Home is where you make it, sir. Yeah, sixty three days, man, and like this is kind of. They definitely man, blew dirt. It. Oh, God, man. Knock loose. And Beartooth, man. Fucking go home. Spend time with your fucking family, dude. Yeah, Beartooth is nonstop. But I guess it's the lifestyle that... Uh, Shomo prefers. Kay- yeah, I mean, he's been on tour since, what, 15, 16? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever see some of that old footage of... Yeah, uh, I sent you the thing oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the Attack Attack set from Warp Tour, like, twenty. Not even that, but just, like, there was, like, footage from him in the studio recording some decade and suddenly... And it was he was like had like a lip piercing looking hair all over his face. He looked like your average like middle schooler then. Yeah, probably because he was. Okay, so here's the set, right? Um, every time I die is headlining. Naturally, yeah. Herder, right? Uh, then we have Snapcase, which they pulled these dudes out of like the grave. Snapcase hasn't done music since 2008, and they pulled these like they pulled these dudes out from retirement, and they're like, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Every time I die is granting miracles this holiday season, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Bouncing Souls, which is an interesting choice. Oh, okay. Uh, the the Menzingers. Okay. <laughs> this is another kind of like weird one, right? Uh-huh. Then you got Knocked Loose, which is obvious choice because uh-huh. they were last year. They're probably going to be on every to the season. I would. Up. Shit. Uh, and then they got Turnstile, which they're touring with right now. Great band. Angel Dust, another band they're touring with right now. Um, the, you know, great chemistry. Uh, and then they got this new metal band I told you to check out, but you probably didn't, called Vane. They're from yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, out, yeah. yeah, they're grimy. So you got this mix of like 
almost like old school pop punky vibes yeah, yeah. with like bouncing souls and the menzingers and you got the dirty grimy new metal vein and the fucking knocked loose and of course every time i die and i think that's the beauty because i speak highly of a lot of their music how it hits a lot of these genres mm-hmm. and, and kind of aspects that appeal to everyone and this kind of goes to show that if you could throw this six or seven you know band show and it works it it just goes to show the testament of 20 years of bullshit yeah. That every time I die has done. <laughs> also, a quick shout out to Jordan Buckley. It's his birthday today. Oh, so happy birthday, Jordan! We would do a show on your on his birthday. Your man crush. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, he's a good guy. Yeah, I he's know. a good guy. Did you like chase him around Warped Tour? <laughs> yeah, I think I told that story. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna bring back a game, an old game that we had maybe moons ago, six seven months, six seven months ago, when we would take a create a create your own tour package. And so you could maybe pick three, four bands that you want to put together in a tour. And uh, maybe we could do one or two of them and kind of have them all kind of that would, that would they would fit together. You know what I mean? So don't cool. be putting, putting like Slayer with like, I don't know, somebody else. Slayer instance. with like, uh, like the Menzing. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> do something that would make sense. Something that you would see is realistic. I, I kind of got one off the top of my head right now. Um, just kind of looking at it. I think that if you put a tour package together, that is what you said, three or four bands. Yeah. Um, I think the only issue with this lineup would be what order you want to do it in. But I think Pennywise, okay. Rancid, Less Than Jake, Dropkick Murphys, I think that'd be a hell of a show. Oof. Didn't, uh... Dropkick Murphys toured with Rancid already. That's what it was, yeah. And Less Than Jake, I think that would definitely fit the, the genre. In what order, though? Yeah, because they're, they're all pretty big, if mm. we're being honest here. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty big. I think, I think Less Than Jake or Pennywise would have to open. One of those two. I would. I, I want. I want to say Pennywise. I want to say Less Than Jake's kind of bigger, uh, and that's all really subjective, you know. Because they're because like everybody's like almost kind of the same size, right? It's an interesting lineup. I think Rancid's bigger than all of them. Yeah, I think that's probably the fairest to say. I, I would. I would have to say that Rancid or, or Dropkick Murphys would have to headline. I love that fucking poster too. It's such a phenomenal poster. Yeah. So let, let's have Rancid headline, mm-hmm. and my order would be Pennywise open. Dropkick Murphys, less than Jake Rancid. I think that's kind of a good. Nobody plays less than forty-five minutes, though. I'm telling still, you. Yeah, yeah, man. Still, then I I think that'd be a hell of a show. Yeah, that'd yeah. have to be like a like almost like a festival or something. Kind of yeah. Because if everybody's playing forty-five minutes, figure you know twenty-minute teardown, so that's four hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, just kind of tossing something together. I think those four bands would work very well together. All right. Well, like I said, we're bringing this game back. Come with like one or two of them for next next week. Um, we'll discuss. Good copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. So, yeah. Moving on uh, to one of the anticipated releases of this year. Oh, I've tired. Kind of talked about it a little bit with you. You kind of stayed silent on the whole thing, so I, I didn't even listen to it. What? Nope. Why not? Um, at the moment, I have no interest. What? I'll come back to it. I promise I will, and I will give you my honest thoughts on it. Um, right now, you know what's been climbing up that ladder like a motherfucker. Fine, fine. You know, it silent a single a, a song off that album. Huh? Firstborn, I think, takes over Lower Empire's number one song off that album for me. Oh. And I just he, here's what my weeks consisted of. Okay. Silent Planet. Okay. Right. Uh, me preparing for the With Roots Above show, so been bumping that album. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, Attack Attack, where you at type of shit. Type, you know. Mm-hmm. So th- those three albums have dictated my last like six or seven days in the music oh. world. All right. Well. We'll talk about it next week, then. I'll give you the opportunity to listen to it, because I don't want to harp on it by myself. Uh, However, I have a updated 
album of the year uh, list, right? Go, go bottom up. Go bottom up. Well, actually, you? I'm missing a four spot. You're missing a four spot. I have a four. I have a five and a three, but I'm trying to figure you out. You have what, a tie for four? Or? Well, I guess that would be it. Yeah. Copy that. All right, so let's it. right now, it's from bottom up. It's M. Kabakazi at mm-hmm. four. Ste- very steadily in your top five. Yes. Copy. Uh, this one's a kind of a new entrant because I listened to it again and I absolutely love it. Mike Shinoda, Post Traumatic, man. There you go, man. It's Coming there. Back up, bubbling up. Yeah, but it's, da- it's back there. Number two, mm-hmm. Architects, Holy Hell, number okay. two. Okay. And number, number one, one Silent Planet. Silent Planet, yes. When the End Began. Fuck. Right now. This is right now. Again, this is subject to change. We got, what, four weeks? Five weeks? Yeah. Um, six, actually. I think six. Like I said, I had to reevaluate my whole list. So what's tied for four? Well, right now, like I said, I got M and Shinoda kind of neck and neck. I, did, I haven't thought of the one that's underneath quite yet. I'm still bumping that plot in you album, man. So good. Yeah, I know. But like I said, there's some music, like some some albums I'm going to have to revisit to kind of figure out my whole landscape of it all because everything's kind of changed because fucking Silent Planet just turned my whole list upside down. And then arguably the second best album of the year came out the week after. So Yeah, man. It was back to back. Yeah, it was rough. Brutal so, week in the scene. Gonna have to kind of reevaluate my whole thing and listen to stuff I haven't got a chance to listen to yet, like some like all of the Amity Affliction album yet. I haven't gotten even touched yet, and there's a bunch of other stuff I have to get into um, along the way. Davy Muse's new singles. Yeah, I mean I'm not really big on his solo stuff. I'm not gonna lie. I love him as a person, but his solo stuff just doesn't really pique my interest. Hey Amen. Wrong with that. It is what it is. Even that Trove, the, the Trove band, I was like, mm, it was okay, but it wasn't. I'm more interested in Rain Din, the fucking uh, the guitarist from Vanna's. His solo. Or oh, his uh, Nick Lambert? Yeah. Is it Nick Lambert? Because I thought yeah. Nick Lambert was doing tattoos full-time now. Well, he was doing... Well, he has this band. His, this is more of a side gig. Side gig? Yeah. Copy more that. of a fun thing for him now. Yeah, I want him to do my Vanna tattoo. So we're... Go, go, go fucking... Who better, right? Go DM him or something, bro. Shit. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you would have to go to him, obviously, but... I, I'm just saying, it, it stars kind of aligned on that one. Yeah. Unless, you know, Davey wants to do it, which I don't know how his artwork is. <laughs> I have trust Nick on that one. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Because uh, he did all their artwork and everything oh, like that. awesome. He did everything. Like all their t-shirts and shit. It was, all, it was all him. But, um, oh, actually, I, I do know what's on what's on this list. What, for your number four? Under Oath. Under Oath. Cool. Yep, 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 yep. That's they it. They said, uh, two quick little tidbits. Under Oath said that this tour they're on right now, they're playing the most songs that they've ever played. And this is also accounting for the Rebirth tour. That's ridiculous. That is insane. So with it... <laughs> Was that was it 22 songs? That was tw- okay. Hold on, let's do the math real quick. Let me pull up the what's my call it? My bod, my bod, my bud. Uh, I think we filled up a lot of this episode with just us talking, Gabe. I like that shit. Yeah, man. This is some of my favorite episodes. No dead air. Yep. Uh, so how up. many we got on uh, not only chasing safety? Which one? You well, I'm trying to pull up this shit, but my shit's seen all squirrely. Only chasing safety has ten. Which is 36 minutes total. Mm-hmm. To find the great line has 11. Which that, is 40 minutes? 46 minutes, almost 50. So that's 52 minutes. That's 82 minutes. That's an hour and a half. So I think if they sprinkled some singles from the new album, some Illuminator, um, Desperate Times Call for Desperate Measures, that could easily fill up two hours. They also, I think they're also playing uh, a fault line, a fault of mine. I know they're Ooh, playing that deep cut, bringing some yeah, some older stuff back. That's a, that's a, I mean, I understand that this was kind of the album that they had before they went down in the public eye, at least because they still had this uh, disambiguation. But man, Lost in the Sound of Separation, such a good fucking album. Lost in the Sauce of Separation, yeah, yeah, man. man. Good stuff. Um, and that being said, I, I got kind of curious. I looked at the Devil Wears Prada set list, and I know it sounds crazy because it's an album tour, but they're doing 17 songs, and I am so fucking pumped. What is the 17? Uh, so they're doing, they're opening with Sour Breath, the cover they did. 
They're going into uh, Planet A. Uh, fuck, let me pull it up, actually. Go ahead. I'm kind of curious. Go ahead. So, meanwhile, I'm going to fill this time where this game pulls up the, the fucking set list to, t- to just talk about how fucking stoked I am about my Chicago Bears, bro. We are it's not a Bears game. <laughs> I love the people who leave like 10 minutes before the game's over. Like, have you not seen the Chicago Bears play? Like, <laughs> sit your ass the fuck down. Bro, we're 6-3. and three. We're at the top of our division. We're playing the Vikings this weekend, which is a very important game. We got, actually got flexed to set, uh, Sunday night. Because it's gonna be a big game, and man, I'm fucking pumped. I love our quarterback. Yeah, man, I'm in a weird place right now. Because I remember that first game of the year. I'm like, oh my god, we don't suck. Yeah, man, it's like, a good feeling. Isn't and it? like universally, like everybody expected us to to be better, but to still suck because it was like a, we have a new coach. You know, it's Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, the game. odds were set against yeah. us. Yeah, uh, but like we 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 didn't suck, and we haven't sucked. Feels good, man. It does feel good. Feels good to be a you, Chicagoan. You, you don't understand. Your fantasy is doing great right now. Isn't huh. it? Well, yeah, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, duh, duh. But uh, I'm fucking like, it's it's weird to go through football season not having to like feel like I'm gonna die. Not not feeling like shit. <laughs> not yeah, not feeling like shit. Because I told uh, like the very first game of the year, I posted on Facebook. I'm like, why well, I don't know how I know uh, football season's back is that my chest hurts and I'm having a hard time breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really experienced that because I haven't been screaming at the TV relentlessly like I have been in the last like five seasons. So. Good copy. Scary. Ready for this nasty set list? Go for it. Okay. Uh, Sour Breath, Key of Evergreen, Born to Lose, Planet A, Worldwide. Now we get into the album. We got Sassafras, I Hate Buffering, uh, Assistant to the Regional Manager, Dem Wamwas, uh, Big Wiggly Style. Okay, I'm so excited for Big Wiggly Style. Uh, Danger Wild Man. You know, I know a ghost type of shit. Uh, ben Has a Kid, Apocalypse, which is another great one. Uh, Give Me Half, Louder Than Thunder. Lord Zenu, and then they're closing with my favorite Dove Wars product closer, Mammoth. Yeah, it's going to be nasty. What, what what were the non-album songs again? Go through those again. So there's five in the beginning, Sour Breath, Key of Evergreen, Born to Lose, Planet A, and Worldwide. And then there's one after the album, which is Mammoth. So you got two off their latest, which is uh, Key of Evergreen and Worldwide. They got Planet A, which is, you know, great fucking song. They got the cover, Sour Breath, and then they're closing with Mammoth, which is off that song. I get that one out of here. What's up? I'd get the cover out of here. I don't. I, I think it's. Um, I think they could have picked something heavier just to kind of swing. You want to know what they should have picked, Gabe? Uh, something off zombies. No. Dead Throne, bro. They should. Yeah. Opened. All right. All right. I should have knew that one. Yeah, man. Definitely should have knew just, that just, one. Just come out with uh, outnumbered. Imagine that. Oh. Come out swing with outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd do if I was in a band, but touring band. My shit, say. like I said, they have, like, there's some bands that are forever, like, songs should be forever openers and forever closers. Like, for instance. Digging should always be a closer. Like, digging's always a closer. Closer no slash what. encore. Yes. So, spoiler alert again. Uh, but, um, like, that's one, like, Shadow Moses by Reading Horizons, a forever opener. That's a song you should be opening for for the rest of your life. Yeah, too bad they don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they actually have dropped their set, too, uh, recently. And it, like it had like it never ends and stuff on it, so I'm like, hey, what? Yeah, what show? For, no, they have like their they dropped their set list for the tour, and huh. uh, so it, they're pulling. It never ends out of some their ass. vaulted material. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. I want to see the ratio of new to old. Oh well, let me see. Let me pull it up. Uh, my bad. Uh, because I know it was like a bigger deal that uh, everybody was kind of. Super amped for it. Uh, this was the... Is this it? Oh, this one right here. My bad. So, this is what they pull out. This is what, from what I understand. Just do the whole set list top to bottom. Uh, Mantran. 
opening up. Cool. House of Wolves. Uh, they've they've played that one all the time. I need Empire on there instead of House of Wolves. Eh, well, you know, uh, Avalanche, which fucking pass. It's a, it's a crowd pleaser. Pass. <laughs> Go to hell for heaven's sake. Yeah, that song annoys me. Yeah. It never ends. Number five. Cool. Wonderful life. Still haven't listened to it. It's all right. Because after you did whole, your whole description of it totally turned me off. You should check it out. The guitar on there is pretty nasty. Whatever. Uh, Shadow oh, Intermission. I don't know why they put that there. What are they going to do? Uh, play the fucking thing from, uh, uh, pre, not Pray for Plagues, uh, Suicide Season? I don't know. Like the piano note. I've read about people like you on the bathroom, on the back of bathroom stalls. Well, I mean, next up is Shadow Moses, so it's probably this long. Gotcha. You know what I mean? While everybody's hydrating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, happy song, skip. Uh, sleepwalking. Can you feel my heart? Follow you, skip. Antivist, drowned, acoustic. Don't know why they would do that acoustic. Encore, doomed. Which I would open. I could. I would open with Doom too before I would open up with the new song. But whatever. Uh, and throw. Not as shitty as you would expect. I don't think that's a shitty lineup. I think that'll kind of please an array of fans. Um, I, my, my man. Okay, so here's. So they dropped Chelsea Smile for It Never Ends, which is fine because they've been doing Chelsea Smile since ever. Yeah, right. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's been a, a staple on their set list for a bit now. Uh, we need. I don't know, man. We need more stuff from from There Is a Hell. We, we really well, that's do. obvious. Um. And even that, man, like rotate out. Can you feel my heart? I I find that song annoying now. Really? I I can't. I don't know, man. I can't do it. Or at least House of Wolves, because House of Wolves is probably the least big on off of the Sumpternal stuff they got there. Uh, House of Wolves, Antivist, or Can You Feel My Heart? I'd rotate out at least one of those for Antivist. like Empire. I, I do Antivist for Empire. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a fair trade. Um, man, it's just it's so. Give, give me visions. Oh my, that's all I want. <laughs> Fucking shit, bro. I'll settle for Blacklist. I <laughs> I, I, I like Throne, but I'd fucking close out with either Chelsea Smile or fucking Visions, honestly. Chelsea I, Smile should have been the first encore song. And that would have made sense because they should close out with something bigger than Chelsea Smile. Well, I know they like, ugh. They like that that thing. Off Doomed. Yeah, if you, and I don't if you'll li- sing half of it. I don't like, well, I, I don't dislike Doomed. There's some songs off, off of that one album that I enjoy, but... Man, looking at this thing, it's like all their newer shit. I would just chop off. Like, I have, happy song is just garbage to me. Can't uh, wait till we get to the ten song set list. Bring me the horizon. I know what I'm putting the fuck on there. <laughs> That'd probably be next week. I'd imagine now that you mentioned it. <laughs> um, it. Interesting. Interesting that they only have two songs off the new album. You'd think they they sprinkle something unheard yet, but whatever. You want to hear what um, the fever set list is on that same tour? Yeah, I don't really care about the fever anymore. You don't. Care about pressure cracks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Gabe. But yeah, so fever is good, man. But we talked about this. If Jason Butler is continuing our project, I want it to be pressure cracks. And I get it. He's riding that hype train because the fever is a political core band. And I get it. You got to stand up for your right to party. The Beastie Boys fought for that shit for you, and the fever is taking full advantage of it. But yeah, pressure cracks is just that grimy, dirty punk, Uh, grindy stuff that I love. I was thinking about this the other day, Gabe. Yeah, you like fever better? No, you like. If I I had to pick one project. That would he would sustain. I would bring Brett Lit Live. That's fine. I, I, I don't think any of those guys want to like be together anymore. No, I, you're probably right about that. But I'm just saying, me personally, that's fine. Lit Live is a great band. I just find Pressure Crack to, to to fill my needs. It's kind of falling off the wayside to me. I mean, I enjoy it still. Mm-hmm. But that's why I don't really mention it in like albums of the year. I would or, say that's probably my EP of the year, if we're not doing like a combined. 
AP of the year. There was one I saw that I was like, fuck yeah, that, this one would probably be it. Let me see. Yeah, I, my my uh, my of the year list is, is coming together nicely. Is it? Yes, I would say so. I, I, do, I have do, defined things for most of the... Well, the only, the, the only thing is, is that like, for me... Uh, like, cause I haven't seen a whole lot of movies this year, so it's gonna be like very. It's definitely gonna be Halloween, regardless yeah, of whatever the fuck else comes up. This you're year. probably right about that. I mean, there's Creed, Creed two. Is that this year? Oh, that's like two weeks, yeah, isn't it? That's close. Yeah. Okay. It's um, still Halloween. <laughs> so we'll see, but yeah, man. You know what? Like, didn't get enough love though. When did this release? Hold on, let me check this out. Well, this was last year, but North Lane's last album was pretty fucking good. Mesmer. Good copy. I love that artwork too, man. I, I'm like a fan of that kind of. You that know. style. Yeah, that style, bright color. Retro. Yeah. Vibey stuff. Yeah, I like man. that shit. I know. My my entire like computer setup is like that baby blue and, and neon pink. So mm-hmm. I know that eighties synthwave feel, bro. Yeah, I'm a fan. But yeah, so you know, it's coming together, but speaking it, about coming together, let's make like a Christmas present and wrap it up. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. So you still sticking around for pizza boats, I imagine? Sure. Sweet. All right. So we got pizza boats to attend to. And for those who don't know, it's French bread on top of sauce and cheese. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, 94 was fun. Uh, see you back here for 95. You can go ahead and like and subscribe on all the usual channels such as Apple, iTunes Music, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher Radio. Radio. Yep. Like uh, us on oh, – well, we have Twitters. We're pretty active. Uh, well, you are more than tweet, – Tweet at us. Yeah. More sometimes so I'm funny. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, get at us, guys! And uh, man, the the you've seen the amount of flowers we have on Podbean now? No, I haven't. It's like seven hundred or something like Wee. that. Right? So uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll get back at you guys soon. Closing in on a hundred. Closing in on a hundred. This has been the Second City Kids podcast. Are you gonna finish? Are you gonna you gotta, you gotta do the whole. That's your up? job. Okay. So yeah, we we'll see you guys next week. And until then, do this.